All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they're located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are I. All right, Peter, Max, gone and everything. Obviously, I can't even talk with this thing, but let's walk us through. We got the third scan here. So I'm going to uh, produce some data for you, first of all. And just like before, we're going to line up all of your 
first scan versus today's scan. We always go relative to the first scan so we don't introduce trends in the way we process them. We always want to make it look like the, uh, the very first image we ever took of you. So we were just looking at your left femoral neck, the end of your femur where it goes into the pelvis. Now we are looking at your lumbar spine, which is the bottom five bones in the body. And we make this measurement involving the amount of mass in the top four of them. I want to look and see which way this is trending based on the supplements and training you've been doing over the last two months. I'll look at that graphically here in just a moment. And then we're going to use the whole body scan to measure the change in lean mass and fat mass in your body. Yeah, and just to make that quick note, this is on the carnivore diet, 80% um, meat, 20% uh, plant-based fats. And then the one month was with uh, the total human ginseng and injectable B12. And then the second month was all that plus the NRF1, NRF2, and NAD supplementation stacked on top. My hands look fantastic there. <laughs> Are you flexing your hands? I was trying to flex my penis, but it doesn't show up in the image. It's, it's well... Family <laughs> <laughs> show. Two little dots right there. They should be bigger than that. Exactly. Twig and berries, as they say. Okay, numbers here for you. I get the odd Prince Albert piercing showing up, but you just tend not to talk about it too much. Oh yeah, of, no kidding. Yeah. You just have to wonder whether he has the dragon to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be a little awkward, eh? All well, the body piercing. Like have, just... It's their body, they do what they, they will. I've seen calf implants, breast implants, butt implants, all of the implants. The calf implants are always the interesting ones. Only men with calf implants. Guys are the only guy, gender that seem to be interested in that. Whereas, uh, I've seen butt work on both genders. The diaper butt? <laughs> What's the worst implant that you've seen on here? Oh, they're all going to be uncomfortable, man. Uh, is see, there one that sticks out that just was Well, like it's always terrible. awkward when you see a testicular implant because you know that's the result of someone losing a nut. And yeah. you don't lose a nut in a happy way. No. That's normally a skiing accident or a lucky hunting injury. or Yeah. yeah. But that normally has some long-term implications because people with one testicle typically have lower testosterone levels and often need supplementation. Yeah. So it's a joke until it's not. Yeah, no kidding. All Good right. excuse for some TRT, though. Good excuse for some TRT. So you'll like me less on this interim because we see weight loss, but it's purely lean losses. Oh, it's terrible. So your fat mass is stable. You didn't get fatter by mass, but your percentage went up because your fat stayed the same and your muscle didn't. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of whole body drop. Two pounds off the torso, mostly left dominant for some reason. I'm not sure if that's training based or what. Uh, more off your left arm than your right, more off your left leg than your right, uh, but whole body. See, and that's what you said too. If I drop any more weight, I'm going to start to lose too much mass. muscle. That's exactly what happened. Because you don't have much fat left to lose. You, you can get leaner still by putting on more lean mass. So that's sort of contradictory to what your goals are, but that's all right. That's part of this is 
experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't. So now, down 4.4 across the board? Yeah, overall the whole body. So it's driven your percentage up a little bit. You're still leaner than you were at the beginning. 22.3 down to 19.6, back up to 20.1. And that's mostly a function of dropping lean mass because your fat stayed the same within 25 grams by the measurement, but your lean mass is down lower than it was at the very beginning. See, and I wonder if that is because like this in the last two months, I haven't been pushing that weight sled anymore because I, I got that 1,200 pounds on the weight sled, so I stopped pushing it. So I wonder if that has a... It a might be. If you're not pushing to failure, you're not going to drive lean mass acquisition. Yeah. Uh, now, in the bone density... Oh, interesting. We've got quite a significant increase in the hip. And we've See, got that's great news. Another increase in the spine, but it slowed down a little bit. See, and like those are the things, like I would rather drop a little yeah, so what, mass, you, but increase that bone the density. The bone density was the only thing on you that was suboptimal, and we're seeing in the whole body, we're seeing the best value. We've seen, uh, it's tied with your baseline, but it's up from last time. The spine's up, and the hip's up significantly. That's great news. That's quite interesting, yeah. I like that. So like percentage-wise, so like the percentage of change is still like an abnormal amount of change, um, right? It's a change in response to stimuli. What we'd have to really figure out is does it maintain that rate of change over six months or a year? Or is it a blunted initial response that will slow down? Yeah. Um, but something's definitely different as far as your body's concerned than it was two months ago. Because yeah. I know the last time we had like that increase in the bone density, so it, it, like it would usually take what a year to be able to achieve those same exactly. results, right? But that's where we see a slowdown in the spine. Yeah. So I had a four point five percent improvement uh, in the last one, but then a one point six this time. We'd have to rule out is that's what's happening here. Is this four point three because it's it's blunted by a loss last time? Yeah. So we need to rule out noise. You need at least a few data points to make sure that trend line's real. It's, it suggests yeah. a really positive thing, but we need more data effectively to, to confirm that. Well, at least there's something that my body's absorbing. It's absorbing, yeah. Well, it seems right? to be getting better. And that's despite, normally when we see a loss in lean mass, we'll see a loss in bone. Yeah. But you're, even though you weren't pushing as heavy potentially, uh, we're still seeing an increase. I'd be curious to see if you really throw down a resistance training, make sure your weight's going up with enough flat calories, then what happens? Well, maybe what I'll do for the next two months, now that we know that the diet is seemingly affecting the bone density. So that's a positive, but then mm. this like two has to be regimented on like lifting heavy, like three days a week. Mm. See like what that, cause I, I only ever lift three days a week anyway. I'll mm. just change it to strictly just lifting strictly. heavy. Yes. And then see what we can accomplish over the next couple of months. Yeah, no, I think that's a reasonable approach. Cause that should, if I'm having positive bone density increases now without lifting heavy, if my lean mass is going down, I should get a, like an extra bump in the a bone density from lifting heavy, plus bringing the lean body mass back Correct. up. Yeah. And the body composition, the one little positive is you do seem to be getting leaner in your lower belly still specifically. So from 26.3 back in May to 22.4 back in July, down to 22.0. So even though you've lost lean mass, that region's still getting leaner. Okay. So it's... Uh, a small benefit that your diet's not driving fat storage in the ab lower abdomen, but... Uh, well, and more importantly, too, that going in the cold tank's not increasing those visceral fat levels either. Because no. that was a concern before, is, is, is was that the reason why my visceral fat was so high? Yeah. No, was, I, but, yeah. So we got good news except for the, the muscle, so obviously I shouldn't be doing any arm wrestling right now. <laughs> uh, so metabolic rate's going to be down marginally from last interval as well just with your slightly down lean mass, but not enough I'd worry about it. It's, uh, 
sort of like you were at baseline, you're still burning theoretically 1700 at bed rest, around 2000, some classic mail with 5000 steps. Yeah. And with an hour of high intensity training a day, you'd be about 2600 to maintain. Um, but your metabolic rate is jacked well above that, you figure. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to just more or less push calories until you find weight stability or a yeah. mild increase. Yeah. But okay. trying to build it up by one to two pounds a month is about as fast as you want to go back up. Yeah. yeah. And you we'll start, it's tricky because you have to average out the water weight fluctuations and whatnot. So that's where, for what you're trying to do, daily weighing is actually quite useful because you can, you can filter out the noise. You can filter out the days where you're retaining a lot of fluid or you're dehydrated yeah. and draw a line to get a trend line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fluctuating just between like 169 and 172 right now, just, okay. you know, kind of real, I guess, like the, the average, like 170 mostly, but... Okay, because I underweigh by typically about two pounds, but I've got you at 166. Yeah, that was like 169 169.6. 169.6. Close. 76.8. Yeah, and I've got you 75.2 naked. Actually, yeah, that's... That's about the same, yeah. Yeah, and... For 76, 8... That's the side. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 so that's what it was, like 169.6 is what I weighed this morning. Okay. So yeah, it's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, no, that's all Perfect. interesting stuff. Okay, we'll pack this all up for you. Um, I'm curious to see if you can keep on the bone density improvements. Uh, I'd love to see, essentially, the, as we discussed, keep the fat level where it's at yeah. while packing lean mass up higher. I want to see this measuring over 60 kilos of lean mass on you. Okay. Right now, 57.6. Okay. That's five pounds of muscle acquisition. Okay. We got some goals there, Peter. We some, got goals. some goals. Any other questions? Anything you want to go over? No, that's good. I think we have the trajectory for the next couple months. So yeah, very interesting data with the bone density. I want to see that trend line ongoing just so we can rule out those day-to-day -day fluctuations we get in measurement based on the uh, exact area and whatnot. Well, as long as I don't keep going to 70-year-old men, then I'm, uh, I'm happy with that. So. Hey, I've seen some pretty ripped 70-year-old men through here. That is true. <laughs> but I just don't want the bone density of a 70-year-old man. So. Well, the way that's really interesting is that the variation in our population is way more significant than the variation in aging. Yeah. So what this says is by the time you're 20 in your hip, you've built the foundation for how strong your bones are. There's no, going, there's no time machine. And whether you end up in the top 10 percentile or the bottom 10 percentile, Depends on teenage activity, nutrition, hormone health, sleep habits. Yeah. So that's where the kids playing video games and not doing any physical loading are going to be a significant risk for fracture life, potentially the whole life, if you mash that up with kind of suboptimal genetics. Yeah. Whereas the kids that happen to get out and do some heavy loading, whether through work or training, are going to have bone density that gives them a, a lifetime of potential fracture-free living. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing is that we think, oh, yeah, aging, you're going to lose so much bone mass, maybe only 20%. But we can see a 50% variance in bone density based on just genetics and lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And the, the non-active vegan kids, non-loading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it can be problematic. So, yeah, the vitamin D all the way through, loading and nutrient-dense foods and lifting heavy things is good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you very much, Peter. You're I appreciate welcome. all your time.